Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Tonight, it seems like it's been forever since I was up here last time, but I'm going to be back in the book of Judges, um, studying the wrong things to do. <clears throat> now, just a brief recap, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 11. Um, now, all these things, Apostle Paul is telling us, now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Everything that's in the Bible, <clears throat> New Testament, Old Testament, it's all, there's something there for everyone. It's all instruction. Um, Pastor Jason, uh, what was the term he used? The Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. There's always something to learn. Um, and every time you read through a scripture or a verse, um, I think it's not unusual that you, something else comes to mind, something strikes you. Oh, I, I didn't think of it that way before. In light of the, the New Testament revelation that is given to us, all these things, although they are reputable accounts of actual history, and they are all recorded in secular history, you can look them up, nevertheless also serve a dual purpose as pictures of the spiritual encounters that we will be up against. God retraces in our lives the very circumstances, the very battles, and the very conflicts that we find Israel going through. Yeah, we're not, we're not fighting chariots, we're not fighting the Hittites, we're not, we're not conquering lands, but <clears throat> we do fall into the same, the same traps. But what are the idols that we worship? We know that they turn to, maybe we're not worshiping the Baals and the Ashtoreths, I don't think any of us are, uh, but what are the idols that we have in our lives that we follow? Whether it be money, power, worldly things, it's the same, the examples <clears throat> and the traps that the Israelites fell into are the same things that we fall into when we, when we lose our focus. So now just to recap, Exodus, Joshua, Judges, it's all a progression. God's whole purpose for the believer is to get him out of Egypt. Egypt represents the world and its ways, the place of slavery and bondage, to get us through the wilderness with, with all its defeat, barrenness, and the fragmentary enjoyment of God's resources into the land with its promise, supply, and victory, the new life. The, the, the new covenant that we know. In the book of Joshua, the land of Canaan is the picture of the spirit-filled life. Joshua is a book of victory. Under Joshua, which means Jesus, there was consistent victory when the children of Israel faithfully obeyed him, Joshua, who was faithfully obeying the precepts that the Lord had, had given to him, the book of the law. Judges is a book of defeat and of failure. It is the story of a deteriorating nation, and as such, it is a picture for us 
of a deteriorating Christian life. The book of Judges detailed Israel's incomplete possession of the land and their insufficient victory over evil and their inconsistent manner of life. The principle that always meant defeat in the lives of the nation of Israel is given to us in the very last verse in the book, Judges 21-25. In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes, which is, for the most part, never good, because what's right in our eyes is usually wrong in God's eyes, and it, it just leads us down, down the wrong path. In the preface to his book here, Warren Wiersbe uh, says, I think, I think we today are living in a period similar to that described in the book of Judges. There is no king in Israel. People are doing what is right in their own eyes. God's people can't seem to work together, and people are in bondage to various enemies. But here and there, <clears throat> God is raising up men and women who believe him, confront the enemy, and win the victory. The challenge of the book of Judges is to be available. No matter how dark the day, God can still work through people who will trust his word, yield to his spirit, and do his bidding. And in, in our current, see, uh, can you see a, another nation that's kind of deteriorating, like the one that we live in? Um, do we, doing what is right in our own eyes. I'm not even going to get into um, abortion, which has been all done with, but now what is, what is, the, new, <clears throat> what is the new right in our own eyes? Uh, now this, the, the wave of uh, accepting gay marriage, sweeping all the states. A uh, few of the states have already in, enacted uh, legalization of marijuana. All these things we're doing right in our own eyes, but they're, they're not what God wants. God wants us to be above it. God wants us to be <clears throat> in his word and be, be, not be a part of the world. Moses was a great leader used by God to bring them out of Egypt. Joshua, a great leader used by God to bring them into the promised land. Now, in the book of Judges, there is no similar figure. Just like today, we, we have a lack of leadership in this country, and, and I think it's just, it's just bringing us down the wrong path. He does, the book of Judges is, is a roller coaster ride. Apostasy, judgment, and deliverance. <clears throat> the people fell into sin, then they, then they would bow down to God and ask him for forgiveness, and he would send them a deliverer. So now, let's get back into Judges um, 1, start at chapter 17, or verse 17. And Judah went with his brother Simeon, and they attacked the Canaanites, who inhabited Zephath, and utterly destroyed it. So the name of the city was called Hormah. And Judah took Gaza with its territory, Ashkelon with its territory, and Ekron with its territory. So the Lord was with Judah, and they drove out the mountaineers. But they could not drive out the inhabitants of the lowland because they had chariots of iron. So right away we see, 
we see that now three points here. It, it's really a lack of faith on Judah's part. When we, when we opened the book, the people asked, who should go up first? God told them, Judah. And God's words were, Judah shall go up. Indeed, I have delivered the land into his hand. He didn't say, I will deliver the land, which, well, maybe, maybe next generation, maybe a couple hundred years from now. He didn't say, I might deliver the land, which is the maybe, which I used with my children when they were young, because maybe always meant no. Tried to get them to, to, to just let it die when they kept asking for stuff. But he said, no, I have delivered the land. <clears throat> so the first point, as soon as God picked Judah and said, I have delivered the land into your hand, he immediately turned to his brother Simeon and said, go up with me. Uh, we'll fight together. I'll help you. You help me. You know, our lands are, are together. A lot of commentaries, <coughs> excuse me, commend this. Judah showing leadership. In my opinion, my own opinion, I just kind of see it as a lack of faith. Because the first thing he did after God said, instead of saying, okay, let me go, let's go, we're out of here. He immediately turned and said, hey, you want to go up with me and help me and I'll help you. So you immediately, so a little, a little lack of faith on his part. The second point is now, um, Judah, Judah went up, Judah attacked, God delivered. When he got to the, the chariots of iron, he had a lack of faith. He didn't go up. He didn't attack. He immediately thought they were too strong for him. And I think that God wants us to take action. He wants us to be active Christians. Um, if you're praying for a job and you're sitting home waiting for you know, the CEO of a company to call you, you better hope that unemployment lasts a long time. Because he, <clears throat> he wants you to go out. He wants you to, to, to be active. He will, <clears throat> he will fulfill his promises, but he wants you to do your part. He wants you to, again, he wants you to take action. <clears throat> when I was looking for work last, in the fall, I had a contact. I knew that they were starting a new company. She said, yeah, maybe we'll have something in the spring. So it, I, now, did I, I wasn't going to sit home and say, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe, maybe. And I kept going on interviews. I knew I went on one interview in New York in January after one of the snowstorms. I don't know if any of you have been in New York after a snowstorm, especially a bad one. It's a mess. I had to walk like 15 blocks from Penn Station. It was 12 degrees. My feet were freezing because there's slush all over the place. And I just, you know, God, is this really? Hopefully this is it, God, because I don't want to have to come back there in, this, in the mess again. Eventually it worked out. I did get this other job. But, but again, he just wants us to be active. He wants us to take action. <clears throat> As Warren Wiggins, he wants us to be available. He wants us to do his, his work. The last point is the chariots. He, 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 he was afraid of the chariots. The chariots show a lack of faith. Their courage and faith failed when they saw them. They believed one promise of God and not another. They believed God was with them 
in the mountains, but not in the lowlands. <clears throat> and this is, this is strange because in Joshua chapter 11, <clears throat> when they were, they were coming up against, there was <clears throat> four kings of, of the Canaanites that came up against them. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. For tomorrow about this time, I will deliver all of them slain before Israel. <clears throat> you shall hamstring their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So Joshua and all the people of war with him came against them suddenly by the waters of Miram, and they attacked them. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel, who defeated them and chased them to greater Sidon, to the brook Mizrapoth, and to the valley of Mizpah eastward. They attacked them until they left none of them remaining. So Joshua did to them as the Lord had told them. He hamstrung their horses and burned their chariots with fire. <clears throat> now this was, this was a great victory. This was probably just the prior generation. So they knew this. They knew what the Lord had done. And they still <clears throat> lacked the faith to continue. In addition... Psalm 20, 7 to 9. Some trust in chariots, some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. May the king answer us when we call. They're just not being faithful. They're just, they're just, it's just a lack of faith in God's word. And, <clears throat> and further, just to show that this happens all the time. In Matthew 14, 28 to 31, and, and Peter is walking on water. The Lord commanded him. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And I think that we all, we all suffer that sometimes. We all suffer through a lack of faith. <clears throat> um, I know I, between sickness, between getting sick, there are times when you just say, God, you know, is this, is this really... You just lose faith. And it, it's, it, it's a sad thing, but I think we all go through it and he wants us to get past it. He wants us to, to trust in him that he will be our deliverer. And that's the way, that's the way he wants it. And in this instance with Judah, I just think Judah just lost, lost sight of the Lord, lost sight of what he was told, and just failed to do, to continue and drive out the people as he was supposed to. Continuing in, in chapter, in verse 20. And they gave Hebron to Caleb, as Moses had said. Then he expelled from there the three sons of Anak, who were the giants. But the children of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites who inhabited Jerusalem. So the Jebusites dwell with the children of Benjamin in Jerusalem to this day. That kind of tells us that this book was probably written by Samuel. Because we know in the time of David, the Jebusites were driven out from Jerusalem 
So that's just an indication that this was written by Samuel. And the house of Joseph also went up against Bethel, and the Lord was with them. So the house of Joseph sent men to spy out Bethel, the name of the city was formerly Luz. And when the spies saw a man come out of the city, they said to him, please show us the entrance to the city and we will show you mercy. So he showed them the entrance to the city and they struck the city with the edge of the sword, but they let the man and all his family go. And the man went to the land of the Hittites, built a city and called its name Luz, which it is to this day. This is the same <clears throat> when they went up against Jericho and Rahab, where they sent spies into the city to see what was going on and to, and, and to, to feel them out. So they did the same thing here, but again, they, they followed command. They, they came in, they utterly destroyed it, and, and they drove them out. Now, the man that they, that they let go, they showed mercy to, obviously he was determined to live in a city called Luz for whatever reason. However, Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shean and its villages, or Tabernacle and its villages, or the inhabitants of Dor and its villages, or the inhabitants of Ebalam and its villages, or the inhabitants of Megiddo and its villages. For the Canaanites were determined to dwell in that land. So now we come to a point where they have not followed what God's instructions were. And it came to pass when Israel was strong that they put the Canaanites under tribute but did not completely drive them out. Now, <clears throat> if you get to the point where you can put them under tribute and tax them, they certainly could have driven them out. But, but what happened here? And I think this, the original, my original title for this message was, was was Father Knows Best, but then I kind of brought it up to date. <clears throat> and what's happening here is a term that when my wife and I hear it from my son, we cringe. I got this. They got this. They said, you know, Lord, these people aren't so bad. You know, we can use them. We can make a profit from them. They can help us. They can do stuff for us. Maybe when you, in Deuteronomy 7, when you gave us the instructions, you didn't realize. So they think that they know, that they know better, and they're going to use them. And they, again, they think that there's a profit to be made. You know, maybe it's, you know, God, you know, we were 400 years in Egypt. You know, it's our turn now to have slaves. And <clears throat> it's, just, it's just not what God commanded. And, and we know what happens when, when, when we run ahead of God, when we, when we think we know what he wants. Uh, I mean, just look, we, uh, do, we, do we put our faith in God or are we constantly trying to help him out? We know what happened in the book of Genesis, Abraham, Sarah, when she said, you know, when she gave um, Abraham her maidservant and uh, Ishmael was born and we're still dealing with the offshoot of that to this day. Now, it also, it, there's not, in the book of Judges, we don't hear about the priests at all. Now, the priests possessed a copy of the book of Deuteronomy, and they were commanded to read it publicly to the nation every sabbatical year during the Feast of Tabernacles. 
Had they been faithful to their job, the spiritual leaders would have read Deuteronomy 7 and warned the Israelites not to spare their pagan neighbors. The priests also would have reminded the people of God's promises that he would help them defeat their enemies. It was by receiving the book of the law that Joshua had grown in faith and courage. Now, many times in our own minds, what God has required or what God has commanded of us doesn't seem to be for our best interest. It so often seems that we can figure out a better plan than what God did, and we are often guilty, as were the children of Israel, of not completely obeying the commandment of the Lord because we don't understand why God commanded it. It doesn't make sense to us, but God has a reason for everything that he commands. He has a reason for all that he wants us to do. He wants, us, he wants to keep us away from temptation. He wanted these people, he wanted his children not to be around these people because he knew that they would be tempted by their idols. He knew that they, would, that they would fall into sin and he was trying to protect them because he loved them as he loves us. So uh, getting back into the uh, into, uh, verse 29. Nor did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites who dwelt in Gezer. So the Canaanites dwelt in Gezer among them. Nor did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron or the inhabitants of Nahal. So the Canaanites dwelt among them and were put under tribute. Again, they got, they got to that point. They certainly could have completed and driven them out. Nor did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Akko, or the inhabitants of Sidon, or Ahab, or Akzeb, Helba, Aphek, or Rehob. So the Asherites dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. Now, I don't know, does anybody see a little difference here in this one? In the previous one, Zebulun didn't drive, nor did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron. The Canaanites dwelt among them and were put under tribute. Now the Asherites, so the Asherites dwelt among the Canaanites. In the previous one, the Canaanites were dwelling among the children of Israel. It's a picture of they're, they're letting sin stay, they're letting sin in. It could be some pet sin, and I think we do the same thing. Um, I know <clears throat> my former pastor, you know, every once in a while he would use the example of, uh, you know, do you cheat on your taxes? And I, being an accountant, I used to, after service, you know, Ed, can we lay off the taxes? Can we, can we find, and there's plenty of other examples, can we, can we not use the taxes example anymore, because it hits close to home. And I, and I think we all fall into that, that trap, the little sins that we have. And now when we get to the Asherites, now they're dwelling among the Canaanites. Because the sin, the sinful, it, it's never static. It, it, it always, eventually, if you don't, if you don't get away from it, it, it consumes you. Nor did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh or the inhabitants of Beth Anath, but again, they dwelt among the Canaanites. Again, they, they're dwelling in, with, the, with the pagans. They're, they're not, the pagans are not dwelling with them, they're dwelling with the pagans. 
Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh and Beth Aneth were put under tribute to them. And the Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountains, for they would not allow them to come down. It's a continually a downhill spiral. It, it keeps getting worse and worse because, again, because they've let sin stay in the land. They've let themselves be tempted and, and they're just opening themselves up for, for defeat. And the, Am and the Amorites forced the children, okay. And the Amorites were determined to dwell in Mount, he Mount Heres and Agilon and in Shalabum Yet when the strength of the house of Joseph became greater, they were put under tribute. Notice, now it's not even God's strength. Now it's the strength of the house of Joseph that they put them under tribute. Now, and this is particularly, particularly, uh, there had been a great victory in, in Joshua, a victory in Joshua 11 where, where they were this huge battle and, and Joshua, and, and it, actually the sun and the moon stayed still so that they, can, can, they, could, could, they could finish the defeat of, uh, of the Canaanites, the, the kings that they were fighting against. Okay. God has a reason for everything that he commands. And whether it makes sense to us or not, it is important that we obey the commandment of God because you'll always find out that God always knew what he was talking about and there was a reason behind the command. Now, I just want to read another passage from, from Wearsby. Uh, <clears throat> and I, I fear that too many believers today are trying to live on religious fast food dispensed for easy consumption, no chewing necessary, by entertaining teachers who give people what they want, not what they need. Is it any wonder many churches aren't experiencing God's power at work in their ministries? And I, I, again, I think that we are, we, are, <clears throat> we are blessed here to be, to be in part of a Bible teaching church and just sticking to the Bible because the Bible is the word of God. And no matter where, which part of it we're in, it all applies. There's always something to be learned. Now, I know <clears throat> in some of the messages recently, Pastor Joe has been uh, about child, childlike faith. And I think that's what, that's what God wants us. And there, there's a, a time, I don't know, a little child, I don't know, five, six, seven, <clears throat> where daddy can do anything. Daddy can fix my toys. Daddy can make breakfast. Maybe not as good as mommy, but he can do it. He can drive the car. He can take me places. He can answer all my questions. And I think that that, that is the faith that God wants us to have. That we know that he can do anything. We know that he loves us. <clears throat> and we know that he's always there to protect us and watch over us. All he wants is us to ask him <clears throat> and, to be, and to be faithful to him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just hope that these words tonight reached your people, that there was something there that, that touched somebody. Um, we just revel in, 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 in your word, and, and we love to read it. And I, I, again, I just pray for all those the people in the church. I pray for their families, 
all those um, on the prayer list with needs, with sickness. I just ask that you, that you watch over them, protect them. Please watch over the people as they travel home tonight and uh, ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. We stand for worship. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.